Hello, and welcome back to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. I hope you're checking in for your weekly bit of wisdom, and if you are, well then welcome back. However, if you're new to the podcast, then let me just give you a quick rundown of what you can expect here. My goal is to provide you with weekly information that is helpful, useful, safe, and effective in matters that relate to your health. So, whether you're listening on iTunes, Google, or some other way, if you've been here before, subscribe and you can keep getting your weekly updates. If you like the information that you're hearing, feel free to share this with some of your friends who you think might be able to use some tips on getting healthier. If you're new, hope you like it and you should give us a like and start following. I'm not selling any products, any programs. I don't have any hidden agenda. My advice that I give out in this podcast comes with no strings attached. It's just a product of years of experience and research, the research that's out there on the internet, in the medical journals, and the latest literature. As many of you listeners have heard and are aware of, I am a chiropractor. To a lot of you folks out there, that really doesn't tell you very much about me, and it doesn't tell you very much about what exactly it is that I do. Some of you may have heard some things. I want to try to shed some light on that. There are many opinions and myths about chiropractors, so I'm going to shed some light on the profession and on what it is exactly that I do. I have been very privileged to work with many very good healthcare providers over the 30 plus years of my career as a chiropractor. And many of you listeners have had similarly great experiences with doctors, PAs, nurses, dentists, even eye doctors. All these folks who were caring, knowledgeable. They explained the issue that you were concerned about and they helped you to come to a resolution with that problem. And that is the goal for all of us healthcare providers. That's what we are trying to do with every single one of our patients. If you've had those experiences, hopefully that puts you in the majority of all the people that have health issues. Unfortunately, there's a lot of folks that have had less than favorable experiences with some sort of a provider. Some of you have spent visits where the provider spent most of their time pecking away at a keyboard and didn't even look you in the eye. They didn't really listen to what you were concerned about. They may have dismissed your particular issue or concern. They seemed to hurry you back out of the door of the examination room. After they asked for you to wait in that examination room for a long time, it seemed like an eternity, probably wearing those real flimsy gowns. They didn't ask you questions. They didn't involve you in your decision making. They may have pushed their procedure or the the treatment that they thought was best or what they preferred to do. They really didn't ask your opinion, they didn't ask your preference, and they didn't look for your input. Some of you folks had treatments prescribed that was not what you were interested in, and your entire experience with that provider was probably unsatisfactory. None of us like that. Unfortunately, a a lot of us have experienced those kind of visits with providers. There are good and bad experiences possible with all types of health care providers. Unfortunately, many people want to lump all chiropractors in with the negative experience that they might have had or that maybe a friend of theirs had or maybe that a co-worker wants to report to them. Unfortunately, those are not very reliable sources. I want to try to clear the air and give you some good facts about what chiropractors do so that you can make a better, more informed decision about whether you need chiropractic care. Chiropractic started back in 1895. It was first sort of discovered by a guy named D.D. Palmer, who was a magnetic healer. 
This is a guy who really thought outside the box quite a bit. In 1895, he reportedly pushed on a lump on a man's upper back or the bottom of his neck, and as the story goes, he restored this gentleman's hearing. Now, as you can imagine, this caused quite a fuss and was noticed by more than just a few folks. This story got around and it got around quickly. This chiropractor and later his son added a lot of case observations. They did a lot of x-ray studies. They worked with a lot of different types of institutions that were popular in the time back in the early 1900s. They had a lot of great pa patients that they could study and sort of try chiropractic out on as they were forming what later became what we know today as chiropractic. They eventually formed the first chiropractic college to add formal training for future chiropractors. This set chiropractic care itself at odds with traditional medical care in those early days. Collaboration between chiropractors and medical doctors was never accepted. And to this day, even in 2018, we chiropractors put our x-rays up on the view box film backwards compared to the medical doctors. This is probably a little bit of rebellion from all those years of not being accepted by them. And it still goes on today. There's been an underlying need for chiropractors to remain somewhat apart from traditional medical providers, mostly owing to our earlier days of antagonism toward each other, but also due to the fact that we view things just a little bit differently than they do. Now the 70s and 80s brought the beginning of the end to the open antagonism between the two professions. And it did start some tentative cooperation between the two groups, which has grown. The education process has evolved and improved. And now, all 50 states in the United States of America recognize and accept all chiropractic college graduates as eligible to practice in their states. The same could not be said for, for many, many, many years. The education of a chiropractor is almost exactly the same as medical doctors. Both chiropractors and medical doctors spend four years of college at undergrad getting a degree. Chiropractors and medical doctors spend an additional four years at their medical or chiropractic college learning all the basic subjects, anatomy, histology, cell biology. Chiropractors spend more hours on musculoskeletal issues, the study of bones, joints, muscles, ligaments. Chiropractors emphasize spinal components, brain, spinal cord, and nerve roots a lot more than most general practitioners, most family doctors, and almost all medical doctors, with the exceptions of orthopedists who specialize in bones and joints as well as chiropractors, neurologists who study brains and spinal cord issues and nerves in general. But apart from those two specialists, chiropractors spend more time in those areas, musculoskeletal and neurologic tissues. Now the downside of this is that chiropractors don't spend much time at all studying pharmacology. None of the states in the United States of America currently allow chiropractors to prescribe prescription medications and most states don't even allow chiropractors to recommend over-the-counter medications to their patients. Sounds kind of silly if you ask me. A person with no knowledge can tell you to take two aspirin and call them in the morning, but in the state of Pennsylvania, we cannot. Unfortunately, that's the way the practice of chiropractic is today. And it goes back to the education though. Gray's Anatomy is a standard anatomy textbook that both chiropractors and medical doctors use. It's the same standard book. 
the body is still the body no matter who's studying it and what college medical or chiropractic that that subject is being studied in. Chiropractors have a similar residency experience to what medical doctors and osteopaths experience. There's supervised training under uh, teaching doctors. They have real patients in a clinical setting. All the care is directed and followed by the supervising doctor and the resident gets to take place, gets to take his role and his part in that care of those patients. Chiropractors have to pass, pass national licensing exams and state exams and we are required to attend continuing education to renew our licenses just like the medical community is according to what the state board requires for its participation. Chiropractors are included in automobile insurance. We're paid by workman's compensation. We are accepted and paid by Medicare as well as Medicaid insurances. All major insurance companies acknowledge chiropractic and have reimbursements for that. Chiropractors are eligible and able to offer testimony in disability claims. And in 2011, that's the last statistic I have, chiropractors were on 60 military bases practicing chiropractic on military bases and 40 major VA treatment facilities throughout the United States of America. Those changes uh, have come about in the past 20 years and they're marvelous to be able to give those folks that serve our country in the military access to the additional care that's paid for by the government. Now, the typical chiropractic patient is just about as varied as the typical medical patient or the typical osteopathic patient. As chiropractors, we have a tendency to see a lot of low back pain patients, a lot of patients with neck pain and a lot of patients with headaches. There has been an increase of referrals from medical doctors and osteopaths to chiropractors in the last 10 or 15 years. Many, many people out in society view chiropractic care as a drugless neck and back pain solution and it's very effective therapy for that. Back in the early 1990s, the United States government commissioned a study through the AHCPR, that stands for American Healthcare Policy Research. They were to study acute low back pain, its treatments, what things were effective and what things the government would recommend that we use to treat patients with acute low back pain. Chiropractic care was included in the study and was recommended in this study as a highly effective tool for acute low back pain. That was the focus of this study. At the time, this study recommended against, strongly against, narcotic painkillers and opioid medications and suggested that chiropractic care offered better results. Considering the problems that we have with the, the opioid crisis in today's society, the information from that study back in the 1990s looks pretty, pretty good, pretty brilliant, actually. Now, many, many, many insurance carriers have agreed with those findings, and chiropractic care has been covered by almost every major insurance carrier, especially since the 1990 study first. The chiropractic approach to something like a low back problem would be to look at the structure of the lower back. What does the arch or forward curvature of the spine look like? Chiropractors would look at the joints of the pelvis and the hips, as well as the way the discs in the lumbar spine are, are structurally made. Are they thin or they have they been damaged? 
Chiropractors evaluate movement and function of the low back as well. There's a hands-on um, uh, attempt by chiropractors to improve structure using adjustments or manipulation. A lot of chiropractors use that approach. Some people's problems are more mechanical in nature and are simply, very simply and very effectively treated by restoring function of joints and putting balance back to the movements that a person makes. Some low back patients uh, have disc problems and these disc problems can be treated using traction or spinal decompression. A lot of these things are tools that are used by physical therapists, not just chiropractors. The difference in chiropractic is that the structure and function are given the highest of importance when we're looking for a patient and when we're beginning our treatments. A more typical medical approach begins with looking at inflammation and spasm, and a lot of their treatments begin with medications to control inflammation and spasm. Both approaches have, have great value and are very effective. Collaboration between chiropractors looking at the structural and functional approach and the medical folks to control the spasm inflammation gives the patient the best, fastest, and fullest recovery. And both of these approaches need to be used together. We're, we're concerned about the patient. We want them to get well. Both providers do. Patients get the best results when both providers can cooperate and work together. Now, chiropractic care is a lot more similar to physical therapy in many, many people's opinions. Both groups are typically more conservative and they use those conservative measures to control pain and spasm. Both groups are concerned with restoring muscle integrity and proper function following some type of an injury or some type of surgery. Chiropractic adds a more structural approach to the patient and the physical therapists don't add as much of a structural concern for their patients. It's just a little difference of how we see things. A lot of chiropractors use physical therapy tools and techniques to offer the patients comprehensive set of choices when it comes to how to restore their function. Now there are practitioners on all sides of the healthcare arena who do not view chiropractic care in as open-minded a manner as I have just described. Unfortunately, the patients suffer for that closed-minded and shallow thinking. There are a few MDs, there is even one in my own hometown who says that chiropractic care has no value, doesn't think that it ever will which I think is unfortunate, but I don't want to seem one-sided. There's a medical doctor in my town who also thinks, or I'm sorry, there's a chiropractor in my town who thinks that medical care is never necessary and has no value. Please, understand, these kind of practitioners are definitely in the minority. These folks guard their own interests at the expense of the well-being of their patients. I don't like that. The overwhelming majority of medical doctors Osteopaths and chiropractors out there do not take such a stance. Overwhelming majority. I expect that each specialist will favor their own course of care. I mean, after all, I decided to become a chiropractor. A specialist in surgery decided to become a surgeon. A pediatrician decided to pursue pediatrics as a specialty because that's where their interest was and that's where they thought they could do the most good. That's why we all picked our different specialties. I refer very regularly to almost every medical specialty that's out there. Podiatrists, orthopedists, neurologists, OBGYNs, pediatricians, endocrinologists, massage therapists, acupuncturists, physical therapists, and even other chiropractors. 
Every specialist has their own area of knowledge, and there's a good chance that I may be less well-trained to handle some of those problems than them. I make the referrals because they've got skills and knowledge that I'm probably lacking. Many, many medical practitioners in my town refer their patients for chiropractic care when they feel it's necessary, or if they want to try to attempt pain control without the use of the narcotics or opioids. The patient is best served when the healthcare providers are willing and able to look beyond their own area of knowledge and seek what is best for this particular patient. And as long as this happens, the care will be the most appropriate and the patient will have the best chance for regaining health and function. I want to let you know a little bit about what you can expect from a typical visit to a chiropractor if you've never had experience with one. Now, the same procedures that occur at a medical doctor's office will take place at the chiropractor's office. When you first show up, a history will be taken. You'll be asked to give some information about the problem that you have, the background of it, what other providers you may have seen, when the problem began, what other testing and treatments you've had, and the results of those things. After we've done that, we will, as chiropractors, conduct an examination. Our examination will include a lot of the things that you've had in other doctor's offices. There will be orthopedic tests. There will be, in the chiropractic office, a look at your spinal structure, measurements of spinal range of motion. How far can you turn your head or how far can you bend forward will be done. A hands-on evaluation for areas of tenderness or muscle spasm or swelling will be conducted by the chiropractor. X-rays may be necessary depending on what your injury involves. If you've had a significant fall or a collision, perhaps an auto versus auto collision, for the sake of your safety, x-rays will probably be taken in those kinds of situations. After this examination has been completed, a diagnosis will be arrived at. Now, you will be included in this diagnostic process. You'll be explained everything the test results find, as well as how we've come to our decision about what our diagnosis is. We will then talk about treatment options, discuss that with you, give you choices for care that's chiropractic care in nature and medical care because we need patients to be involved in their recovery. The treatments that chiropractors use will likely involve a large variety of tools depending on your problem. If you've got pain, that may address by physical modalities like electric skin, something that physical therapists also use. If you've got muscle spasm, that may be decreased by the use of heat or manual massage or gentle stretching, things that massage therapists might do as well. If you've got inflammation, the chiropractic approach is to decrease that using ice or electric stim, also modalities that are used by physical therapists. If you've got restrictions in range of motion, we can improve that by spinal manipulations or adjustments. If we find that you've got areas of muscle weaknesses, exercises can be added. If you've got abnormal balance in your movements, those, that can be restored by helping retrain patterns of posture or modifying your work biomechanics, all things that we as chiropractors do. If you've got a disc injury, you may be a good candidate to have traction done on it. Now, once the diagnosis is, arra- is, is arrived at and the treatment options are discussed with you, a care plan will be explained. It'll be started, and a reevaluation will be done at irregular intervals as we're going through our care. Now, 
that, that's always different compared to what kind of a problem you have. Disc injuries are very slow to recover and very slow to respond. A weekly reevaluation re of somebody with a disc injury is really a waste of time. It's not going to show any changes that quickly. However, a simple sprain or strain of a neck or low back might recover in less than a week. So we will evaluate you based on what your problem is and how we expect it to improve. Now, if improvement is not as we expect it, the treatment may be modified. We go back to the drawing board and reevaluate what our test findings showed us. Possibly you need a consultation with a different kind of a provider. You may need additional diagnostic testing. Now, all of this care is done with the input and consent of the patient so that you get as much of a hands-on as possible in your care. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is specialization or specialists. It's really common for medical doctors to specialize. They've got pediatrics, they've got orthopedics, they've got surgery, and we could talk for quite a while. Just go through the phone book and look at all the different specialists on the yellow pages for, for medical doctors. Um, and we're all aware of those. Chiropractors can choose the same course as medical people. They can specialize. Some chiropractors specialize as rehabilitation specialists or sports injury specialists or radiologists or nutritionists or, and I could go on and on and on. I myself as a sports, I'm a sports injury specialist. As with medical care, you'll be best served by seeking out a provider who specializes in the area of your particular problem. If you visit a podiatrist and you're complaining of a concussion, you're wasting your time. Likewise, if you see a chiropractic nutritionist and you've got a lower back injury, you are probably not going to be very satisfied with the results that you get. So to sum things up, if you have never had your own experience with a chiropractor, Make sure you seek out one that matches up with what your problem is. If you don't know who to see, ask for a recommendation from folks that you know who have had a good experience from a chiropractor. Find a chiropractor who is willing to answer all of your questions. Make sure that that chiropractor asks for your input in treatment and that you're aware of all the choices of the things that can be done for you. If you are not fully satisfied or you don't understand something, ask more questions. Most good healthcare providers out there are more than happy to do a consultation with you to explain their treatment options for you. That's not just chiropractors, that's medical doctors and osteopaths as well. There may be other options that a chiropractor may be able to steer you to, or they can direct you to the next provider who can offer you a better outcome for your particular problem. No provider is a specialist in everything. Your care is a partnership with the provider you choose to use. So getting the right provider is one of the most important considerations that you can make. A visit to the right chiropractor may be the best trip and the best visit that you've ever made as far as your health goes. If you have the need of a chiropractor, getting the right one can put you on the, health, on the path to better health now.